Well, good morning. Didn't know how to really begin this message slash testimony, messagemony, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, but uh, the verse that came to my mind when I was just pondering this, Isaiah 55, 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor my ways are your ways, saith the Lord. As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And as I stand here before you, uh, this verse is an actual testament of this. <laughs> um, let's pray. Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for how you work in each of our lives through your Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, to direct in our daily lives as as we spend time together with you and Lord, that we would be each and every day sensitive to your will, to your leading in each of our lives. I thank you for each of the members here, each of those who are gathered here together who have a love for you, a desire to know you, to to grow in you. I just pray that uh, we would just continue to grow together as a body, Lord, to be effective uh, testimonies for you uh, in the areas where which we live, and most importantly in this town of Wentworth, who so just desperately, desperately needs Christ. And Lord, so I give this over to you. These are your words, not mine. And I just pray that through the through it all, that you would be exalted, and that saints would just be encouraged in their own walk with you. We ask these things in the name we pray. Amen. Before I get started, Christine really wanted to be here. <laughs> pray for her. Uh, I was just telling, sharing with Rhonda, my wife is kind of changing a little bit. Um, when you work 72 hours for three weeks straight in a COVID tent, PPE and all that, the mental and physical, I mean, Chuck kind of maybe relates to it a little bit, <laughs> I don't know, but it's very hard on her. Just give her wisdom and direction, or even for us as a family, because uh, this is unsustainable. It just is. So, and all this going on, all like, you know, God's just working. That's all I can, you know, say, and just uh, keep her in your prayers, and, and uh, oh, and just uh, one thing, most of you have been praying for my dad, he's doing better, he did, uh, he, that test that he had uh, came back negative, so he's doing well there, uh, the only real kind of urgent need, he's, uh, um, as you're well aware of, he's diabetic, and, and the medication that he's on due to his heart issues is really throwing a curveball with his blood sugar, so, just pray for wisdom and direction as far as the doctors 
and that kind of thing going forward. But uh, as far as we know, he, I mean, he's, he's doing well besides, uh, besides that. And he's in the Lord's hands as, as we all are. So this message is one that type of message that I have never heard preached before. This is good. This is this is new. But I've kind of titled this, if you will, if you for those of you taking notes, God's desire, my desire. And that's that's true of each and every one of us is that we're seeking God's will and God's direction each in every day of our lives and how and how the and the choices that we make and the directions that we go that it's uh that God's desire to love him to be obedient to him no matter the cost it may be as Christians we all desire to know and to learn from God's word just as we all have that that desire Desire to know is First Peter chapter two verse two says, "As newborn babes desire the, the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby." There's there's the if you will the uh, the um, as God's word says the unction the dry, the Holy Spirit working within us that our spirit bears witness with our spirit as we read God's word and as and uh, it causes us to dig into God's word. If, if you, as a believer, can go a month, two months, without picking up this book, except for now, there's something incredibly wrong, dangerously wrong. And... And, it should, and it's, it's our desire, and it's the desire that the Holy Spirit puts within us that we might grow, that our desires become his, or God's desire matches our desire. And so, First uh, Timothy, First uh, Timothy chapter, First Timothy chapter 3. Young Timothy, some refer to him as a young preacher boy or just a, a young man beginning in the ministry as Paul writes to him. But uh, in 1 Timothy chap, chapter 3, verse 1, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. That desire uh, has been placed in my heart uh, by by God. This has gone on. This has been going on for a long time. I mean, um, years. And the amount of questions that I had between me and God over the years, and and and. Asking questions, you know, talking to other to other pastors concerning this in the light of myself, and and so many questions. Maybe the same questions, you know, you're having right now. I don't know, but 
there's one thing I could not shake is this desire. I was at one point, you know, in my life, it was like, God, this is like a cruel joke or something, you know, because I, I was fight. I, you know, this this doesn't seem right, but yet it 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 it, it is what it is. And how God uses this or how God leads, I don't know. My thoughts are not his thoughts, neither my ways are his ways. And I don't know, I'm just, you know, I am, this is complete, teens, this is what walking by faith is right here. You know, and I have... You know, preach this to teens and taught this to teens and you know, we preach this up here about what it is to live by faith. And every time I'd say it, that's back and the, this thing would be in the back of my mind and my heart and saying, yeah, but this. And so I'm jumping in. I have no idea. I don't know what the direction of this church is. I don't know what the direction is after this. But anyway, God has this word, this word desire in and, 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 and 1 Timothy 3, 1, this desire in the Greek has the word to aspire. You know, that there's this inward desire that God, that I believe God places on a man. Never thought it would be me. You know, that to, to, to shepherd, to, to preach, to to just have a, a, a love for the people. Uh, and, then, and then that word, the desire, the good thing, is just that the word has this, this longing for, this inward longing for. And so God calls individual men by putting a desire within their hearts. Doesn't put it in their wives doesn't put it in anybody else but them. And, and you know, uh, I was uh, been constant communication with uh, Pastor Dan Boyce about this. He's well aware of this, what's going on today. And, you know, I just kind of told him, I almost kind of just uh, feel a little bit alone, you know. And he's kind of like, you know, it's just, that's, you know, it is. You know, it's you and God. So, that's the introduction. <laughs> the text. And as I was praying, Lord, how, how do I can, how do, what, what, show, how, show my heart or show what you've placed so people can see and, you know, whatever. And so, uh, go with me to Philippians. Philippians in chapter, Philippians in chapter 1. Philippians in chapter 1. Just uh, start in verse 3. I thank God, excuse me, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, all making requests with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, he that which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Even, it as, even as it is meet for me to think of you 
all because I have you in my heart inasmuch both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel that ye are all partakers of my grace for for God is my record how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ and I pray and excuse me and this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more and in the knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that which are excellent, that ye may be sincere without offense until the day of Jesus Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. Being confident, being confident, when you have a desire in your heart of a direction, you, you know, you are very confident. I think of, uh, you know, uh, you know, our teens and, and the abilities that God has, you know, the skill set that they have in some, in some of them, I, you know, uh, he's not here this morning, but John with his gymnastics. You know, I went to go see him a few times and and see what he does, and I'm like, you know, you know what confidence uh, that is, and it's because of the you know the working, you know, uh, you know um, when Rachel was younger, you know, doing her ninja stuff, you know, <laughs> you watch out for her sister, by the way, but. Um, you know, the confidence, you know, in the breaking the boards that, you know, the mental, the, the, the desire, and it just gets done. And as far as our, as, as far as our walk with the Lord and our, and our, and our fellowship uh, with him as we grow, is that we have this, we have this confidence that, you know, that God, that God is working. Each and every one of us, go through daily trials or, you know, things that come up. We don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Maybe the rapture, praise be the Lord, you know. Amen. Um, but we don't know. But, but we have a confidence in this, in, in our walk with the Lord. Um, and looking at this particular verse, it can be looked at two different ways. It can be looked at as Paul, one who is speaking to you, because Paul is speaking to to the believers here at Philippi. They've been going through some trials and and different things, and and Paul's encouraging him, and Paul's the apostle Paul's encouraging him in this, and saying, you know, you being com- you know, you know, I am confident in you. I am confident in what God is doing because I can see what God is doing. And at the other side of it, and the more, the more, I mean, this is, we kind of view this in principle and how that this verse is traditionally used is that, you know, uh, be patient with me. God's not finished with me yet. You know, there's those little placards that are associated with this verse. Um, and so anyway, um, so the being confident, I believe that the way the Apostle Paul uh, had it towards the believers here is in verse 3. He goes, I thank, God, I, th- I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. The, 
that he was very thankful for them and their and their and their relationship with the Lord. And as he and as he had that attitude of thankfulness, it just it uh, through the working of the Holy Spirit, it just built. It's that confidence because you see that per, you see that person in their in their walk with the Lord. But then at the same time, as we look at this verse, is that we can be confident, you know, and this word confident in the Greek has the idea of being assured of or convinced with absolute authority, walk, I know, a continuing, a continuing confidence, a total trust by faith. And we know the importance of faith. You know, Hebrews eleven six says, but without faith, is it impossible to please him? For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them, of them that diligently seek him. And then in Romans chapter 14, verse 23, he that doubteth is damned because he eateth, he eateth because he eateth not of faith. For whatsoever is not of faith, it is sin. God wants us to walk by faith. Each and every day, he is allowing circumstances and different things in our life. And, it's, you know, in my family's life with my wife and, and different things going on. But, in, you know, in your life and the things that you're going through is to literally give it to the Lord and walk by faith. And having that confidence and total trust in him that, we, that, that being confident, that being confident. And so, um, also we see here that being, what do we be confident in? Of this very thing, this specific very thing. Paul's words are very precise in this. That he that which hath begun a good work, begun a good work. We see here that being confident, this very thing is just. Begun in this, this good work has the idea and is associated with that beginning is the day that you and I, or that someone accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. That working of the Holy Spirit and that through and that. Uh, he did not save us just so you could go to heaven or I could go to heaven. He saved you to use you, to be a light, to be a testimony. He didn't save you just to come to church, to sit in a pew, to, to learn from him. He, he saved you to be active, to be, to be, to be, to be used of you. And so, uh, so this, 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 this good work is... is is so important and this if you will this desire because it says here this good work that is in you is inside of you and it and it's working in and through you as you you know have opportunity to share Christ to 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 be a testimony and and a lot of times and I'll raise my hand our flesh gets in the way and we bite our tongue or you know it's not the right time or we become fearful if we really you know do say something or whatever or you know we're contending with our flesh not that is an excuse we need to overcome that and uh, ask God for strength and being and learn to, to love God 
even more that overcomes that, to be obedient to him. And so uh, th- this confidence of this very thing, that he ha- hath begun a good work, uh, starting at salvation, and this... And this and this 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 good work, this word good, has the idea of being profitable, of being useful. It's not. I when I first looked at this, I, I thought the word good in there in the Greek was referring to righteousness, that it's a right thing. But no, it means it's a it's a profitable thing. It's an active thing. That that this good that this that this good work is is God working in and through you and out to somebody else. That that is the work, and we we can be confident in that through the working of the God's Spirit uh, in our in our hearts and lives. For He hath begun a good work to uh, to to love others to, um, and we know that this is, you know, that's what we know. What's the greatest commandment? You know, thou shalt love the Lord thy God what with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And the second is like unto, I'm kind of paraphrasing, excuse me, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the greatest commandment. And so the good work, if it's that good, if it's that outpouring, if it's that work, it is to be profitable and useful in love for others. And we saw that yesterday. Did we not? Where people dropped what they did, working, hardworking men and women, you know, drop, you know, that work, through, most of them work during the middle of the middle of the week. And, you know, and Saturdays are the days to kind of, you know, catch the second wind and get things done around the house to prepare for the next week. But yet we saw, oh, man, it was a, mir- a force. <laughs> I drove up and I'm pulling in. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> you know, it reminded me back when we were building this building. I was mentioning to Steve this morning about how we had you know, some other churches, you know, come in times past and, and uh, help us with things. I remember one church came, and I don't remember the church, Steve probably does, but they, they did all the framing around the, the windows to find the finishing and stuff. You know, these guys, these fine craftsmen and had these skill sets and uh, lending us a hand with that. But, you know, we see that love in us, and, you know, in Rachel's wedding, you know, the believers that were able to help and to come together, you know, you know that's, what, that's what it's all about. And we, we are to show our good works before men, right, that they, may, they see our good works. Yeah, we show our good works in these four walls. Yeah, that's, that's nice. But out there. And so we see here that we are his we are his we are his workmanship. And this this and that we uh and if, if so Ephesians chapter two verse ten no time to go there, but Ephesians chapter two uh verse ten, you're his workmanship. And and then also let's go to uh Hebrews chapter uh Hebrews chapter twelve. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 13. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. And now the peace of God which brought again from 
peace of God again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect, make you perfect in every good work, this good work, to do what? His will, working in you that is well-pleasing in the sight of, in his sight through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So it's, it's, it's his working. It's his working. And once again, that first work is salvation. It's the, it's the uh, uh, and back over in, uh, in uh, Philippians again. Uh, Philipp, uh, it talks about up here uh, in verse 5, for your fellowship of the gospel from the first day until now. So he's you know, kind of tying all this in uh, with salvation uh, with that verse. And so this, I, this idea here of, of this good work, the fellowship of the gospel, his work, his way, his plan in our lives for the furtherance of the gospel, the desire that he places in our hearts, in my heart, to serve him. Uh, and then also, not only that, being confident that he that which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. Will perform it. It will be, and this word, this word, uh, perf- uh, perform, again, has the idea of uh, completely perfect, and this is a promise, and 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 down to the nuts and bolts of this verse is that is that he saved us, and he's going, he's 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 causing us to, he's working in our lives, and then then there's going to be a day when we will be made whole, when we will be getting our glorified bodies, and will we will be made uh, perfect. In Him, and we 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 long we are we long for that day. Uh, uh, over in Romans uh, chapter eight, we were going over a little while ago, um, but over in Romans uh, chapter eight, uh, uh, verse twenty three, and it says here, and not and not only they, but not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoptions to wit, the redemption of our body. There should be, you know, a desire. We can't wait to be with the Lord, to, you know, to be with Him. You know, when we, when the day comes, when the trumpet blows and the, the dead in Christ shall rise and they receive their glorified bodies, because now in heaven it's just their spirit. And, um, uh, in heaven, but when, once the rap, or excuse me, yeah, once the rapture comes, the dead in Christ shall rise. They'll be getting their glorified bodies, and once we meet, we'll meet all together in the air. All of you know, all those who have gone on before us, before the Lord, as well as the believers here, will be meeting Him in the air. 
and we desire for that day. But so we'll perform it. He'll perform it perfectly, completely. It's a promise. We can rest in this. But we might say, how, God, we're going through this particular trying thing or, or whatever it may be. Don't worry. He that has begun a good work, you know, trust him, the desires that he has placed on our hearts to follow, uh, to follow him. You know, God does get his will accomplished. Uh, God does get his will accomplished over in Hebrews in chapter 12 and verse 2. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and what finisher of our faith, who is set before, who for the joy was set before him, endured the cross, despising shame, is set down at the right hand right hand of the throne of God, looking, look, and once again, looking unto Jesus, what the author and finisher of our faith. He's the finisher of our faith. What that means, uh, lightly in generic terms, is that faith stops once we get, once we get in our, once we're in our, our eternal state. There's no more faith in heaven because it's right there in front of us. There's no more faith. There's no more faith in hell. Thou will have seen God. There's no more faith. It will be made complete. It will be made whole. And so he will, he will, he will perform it. And so God always accomplishes will. And there is God's, just, in, just a, a side note here, it's, uh, there's God's like perfect will, his right exact way for it. And that, and that God's plan, as it talks about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, for us to be transformed, his perfect will. And then there's God's permissive will, the things that you know, he kind of allows us to do, even though that wasn't his best choice. God's permissive will. You know, the people of Israel wanted a king. God didn't want to have him a king. Oh, but they wanted a king, and they want. And say, well, you want a king, you got it. You know, God's permissive will. You look at the life of Samson. God had a specific calling and direction for Samson to deliver the Israelites from the Philistines. Oh, but he had his. He he wanted his. He he had a desire, infectious desire for women, and the things that he did, and and going about. You know, some real wickedness. But did God accomplish his will? Yeah. But ended in utter tragedy. By Samson take, taking his life to, to knock out the Philistines. Was that God's perfect way? I don't believe so. Was that God's will for it? To, yeah. And so, that you know, God uses us. And in that way, because we as believers, we still have, you know, our our sin nature and he works with us in this. And, you know, we strive to live in a, a Christ's perfect will for our lives. But there are times where we kind of do things our way a little. He lets us, you know, kind of, OK, you want to do go that way? We'll let you go that way and we'll see what happens. You know, his permissive will. And let me say this, just because. We, we acted in his permissive will does not mean that you are forever ruined or stained. Just because somebody was, but just because someone was maybe living in a carnal nature in their walk with God, they were a carnal Christian and walking and just, 
kind of like going through the motions, you know, not really looking into God's word, going through the motions of playing church, you know, being being the good, you know, parent, you know, just kind of go. But there was no, if you, you know, looked inside the heart, there's, you know, carnality and that kind of thing. But then, you know, yeah, you might have missed out on some opportunities and different things, but it doesn't mean you're ruined. Because out of because out of those ruins, God can use that even to further His His ministry. To to use that, yes, time was lost. Yes, but that doesn't mean all is lost and you just walk away. Psalm thirty-seven. Uh, this is a passage of scripture that the Lord's been using. In my heart lately, and I think uh, uh, last Sunday's message it was hitting on this. At least it noticed in me because it's in the forefront of my heart. But anyway, uh, these were, we're not. I'm not going to break down. Obviously, on time, it's a whole other message. But uh, Psalm 37, verse three: Trust in the Lord and do good. Uh, verse four: Delight in thyself in the Lord. Verse 5, commit thy way unto the Lord. Verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently. And this is a a, a passage dealing with how to handle living with evil in this present world. But uh, anyway, going down to verse... uh, Going down to verse... Oh, um, oh. That's not there. Well, anyway, I thought, well, let me just look here real quick. Um, there's the verse that says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And then it talks, and the, and the verse deals with that, that when they stumble, he reaches down his hand. What's that? Oh, good. I, thank you. Yeah, the, uh, the, steps of the, Lord, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He that delighteth in his way... Uh, though he fall, he shall not be. He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. So once again, we can have this confidence as we walk with him that he that's with begun a good work will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now I know I'm just going to take a break here. I know this is a, we're speaking kind of on a long, so I just want, does anybody need to stand or would like to stand? I know this is a little unorthodox here, but I know we're extended our sermon time a little bit too. Anybody need to stand? If you need to stand up to stretch, that's fine. I understand, but uh, just don't leave. (laughs) All right. Um, You're doing good, Betty? All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, um, okay, so we'll we'll perform it, and then also we see here um, this longing 
in the heart. Uh, even it is, even as meet for me to think of this, of excuse, even as meet uh, for me to think of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch both in my bonds and in my defe- defense and the confirmation of the gospel. This word meet here in, in the Greek just means that it's right, that it's just, that it's it's the right thing. It's, it's just. It's just what to do, and it's because you're in my you're in my heart because I have uh, because I I have you in my heart. You're in my my bonds, and and this uh, this heart, his heart is just the, his his where the one's affections and desires and and motives come from to uh, to have that to have that. Uh, affection he has that value towards them and then the idea here is to you know to rejoice when you rejoice to cry when you cry you know to hurt when you hurt and that's what the uh, the apostle paul that is he is he is explaining here uh, uh in this verse as meet for me it is right for me to think of you all in this way because i have you in my heart as in so much as in my bonds or in my chains paul is you know in, in prison he's in chains and in his and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel ye are all partakers ye are all partakers of my grace partakers of my grace meaning that these the, these the, uh, the believers on Philippi they were going through some heavy duty trials some persecution and they were right along with the apostle Paul and uh, the apostle Paul you know again is in, encouraging them that God is going to use this and work through this because he has that confidence and these are uh, partakers in my grace a togetherness a oneness being a being a part of the men, the ministry as it says here. Uh, in the uh, in the and basically in the confirmation of the gospel, the gospel in our life, uh, the uh, the gospel in your life and my life that is, and the gospel that is shared from your life, um, and so we see here in the con- in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel that to that uh, to establish the gospel together and the, the spiritual struggles together as we do it as. As a, as a body of as a body of Christ, First Corinthians chapter uh, twelve. First Corinthians in chapter twelve, uh, verse twenty-six. Uh, and and whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, and or one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And so we are we are one body. You know, our church has, over the years, have gone through some difficult times, and we've gone through some joyous times, and, and you know, our heart aches sometimes, and our heart rejoices sometimes, but we go through it together, and God gives us the graces, as Paul is saying, because he is both, he says, you are in my bonds and my chains, and the defense, and the standing up for the gospel, and the confirmation of it, and so... And then he goes on even for a deeper love in this. He goes, he goes, uh, for God is my record. 
For God is my record, is my witness. And this is, again, strong language. God is my record. I am being honest and I'm being transparent with you. Is God is my record. How greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ. This is a deep-seated love. That just an emotional bond that, that Paul has uh, with these believers. With these believers. And as I was uh, sharing with somebody, you know, about, you know, this desire, you know, there's just this desire in me, this bond, I mean, to, to, to have each and every one of us grow in Jesus Christ, to be sincere in their walk, to... And when there when there when there's struggles to help you know to to help along to guide and and to assist you know just and it's a, it's it's a deep thing that's all I that's all I can tell you and how greatly I long after you in the bowels of Jesus Christ and this I pray that his that his his desire in this prayer um, oh. Um, sorry for those that were taking notes. The first point then, uh, being, uh, being confident. And the other, the next, the next one was the important, that being confident, uh, and the desire, and then the desire from the heart, and now the desire in the, in our prayer, desire in our prayer. Watching, watching over one another in love. That our love for one that our love for one another shows our love for God. And talking to my dad, you know, remembering some of the advice that he's given me over the years. One important word of advice I've never forgotten. It was back in the day when, when Christine and I, I think it was when we were in Greenville and we were looking for a church. And he just told me, he says, one thing you'd be sure of is that they love the word of God with all their heart and with all their soul, and then most importantly, they love each other. And then if you have those two things, they have a desire for this book, and it's being outpoured in your, their life, that's, that's, God, that's God's place. But anyway, and so this word here, uh, this, this uh, love here, um, let me get to my sister. I pray that your love may abound. This love now here, this desire isn't an affectionate love. This love is the Greek word that we're all familiar with, agape, where it is that it is that it is that giving. It's that it is that desire, that one that outward that outward manifestation of of the love of God within us. Um, and then, and so how is this love supposed to be manifested? It says here, it says that your love may abound. Oh, and that word abound is like an overflow. You know, we, I think I used the illustration, you know, with Dakota, you know, he couldn't stop moving up and down. But now, you know, I remember, you know, these days kind of in patch club, you look at him and he's like passed out on the seat. I don't know what his parents are doing or his mom's doing, make him jumping down on the trampoline before he comes to church. I don't know, so he'd sit still. But this little young man had more energy than I don't, you know. But anyway, abounding or, or overflow, you know. I was uh, doing some uh, grilling, grilling barbecue chicken, man, and you just put that sauce on. You don't just put a little bit. Oh, yeah, that's barbecue chicken. No, you, you just lather that up, you know, and let that, and let that 
flame, you know, char that 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 uh, barbecue sauce, and you know, and it gets good, you know. And anyway, so it it it, 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 it it's a, it's an abounding thing. It's not this agape love isn't isn't meant for you. Thought of that? This love isn't meant for you. This love isn't meant for your for your neighbor down the street that doesn't know Christ. This is your love for your coworker that needs Jesus Christ. This is the agape love that this town needs. And this and this town is you know is this the ministry of this church of this people's been here thirty plus years, and I'm praying that there just be a harvest. But anyway, we see here. They may uh, uh, pray that your love may abound more and more in what, in a knowledge and in judgment that you might make, that you might have discernment on what's being shared, and as well as and as well as making right choices. Is that your love for the Lord and God working out that outward manifestation? That it would be that it would cause you to be obedient. That caused me to be obedient. Uh, uh, to his word, and that ye may have, um, and so that why that ye may approve, that you may approve those things that you once again that word approve is to make discern to examine to judge it to approve it. They may approve those things that are excellent in your walk with the Lord. You know, um, you know, is something right or wrong? You know, the, the 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 things that the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt not. Well, one of the litmus tests is that we, as you know, as our love for the Lord and that agape love is that we approve things, is that we need to be, um, that we need to approve things that are excellent and to make that discernment uh, in those things. And then also, and so that excellent determining or separating what not only right, but what is best. And then, and lastly, I know this is, Long, I believe, but anyway, lastly, wrapping it up. You got ten more minutes, huh? You got ten more minutes. I got. To, I'm not used to the. I meant to ask you how much because I'm not used to. I've had first time since the new schedule. Oh, I guess we're good. I'm good. All right, we can just keep on going. I got some other. No, no we're good. All right, this might be a, a new thing. I don't know. All right. So to be sincere and without offense. That and this is why teens, this is why parents and adults, that it is encouraged from the pulpit and from the Sunday school rooms and prayer meeting is for you to be spending time in God's word for you as an individual. And I'll be honest with you, that is where the majority of your Christian growth lies coming here to church just kind of validates what God's been showing in your own life. You know, kind of like is the cheerleader in your Christian walk to say, okay, God's shown it to me personally, now I'm coming to church. Oh, yeah, he showed me, God's working on me in all different directions. But a lot of times our walk with the Lord just becomes lopsided. It becomes, and this is a, I don't, I mean no offense to this, it becomes like a daily bread, if you will, meaning that you're just reading what someone else has said. And I'm not minimizing that. 
I'm not minimizing coming to church. I'm not, but what I'm saying is the most important thing is what God has for you each and every day. No preacher can ever replace that. No Sunday school teacher can ever replace that. No great fancy, you know, uh, a speaker orator can ever give you that. The only, you know, spending time with God. That's one thing I was, you know, praying for us as a church and for me as an individual is that during this time of COVID and, and maybe for some of you it disrupted your lives a little bit with jobs and maybe for some it didn't as well depending on your on things going on in your life. But, you know, I'm sure it canceled some things and I was praying that the, the extra time that you had available all of a sudden to you and to me, that it would just be more time in God's word. Spending that extra, maybe another 15 minutes, another 20 minutes in God's word. And that we would, that through this trying time, if you will, that we would be the better for it. That we wouldn't waste this difficult time. You know, trials, when they come their way, I always look at it as like, all right, here we go. God is, God's you know, training me, he's using me, he's, he's making me jump into, you know, jump into the clouds when I don't know where the bottom is and, and walking by faith. And we utterly lose that because we become confident in our own flesh, not the confident of that what Paul's speaking about in verse 6. We become confident in our own flesh. And then, and then yeah, we say, yeah, how are you doing in your Christian life? Oh, I'm fine. Well, what's God doing? Or how's your, how are you doing in your devotions? Well, you know, God wants to build a good work in each and every one of us. Why? And one of the things why is this very thing here. Is that so that we can approve things that which are excellent. Excellent. Just not, just not right, but best. Because there's many right things out there, but what is the best thing? What is the very best thing? Do we, act, do we settle for second best in our walk with Christ? You know, a lot of us here have been raised in Christian, some of us here have been raised in Christian homes. We've been walking the walk and talking the talk since the day that we were born. And we know how to, we know how to live the Christian life without Christ. Sad to say. We know how to. But you know what? With the only, you're not. You might be fooling everybody here, but you're not fooling God, and you're definitely not fooling yourself. At least I hope you're not fooling yourself. You're not that far out. But that ye may approve those things which are excellent. That you might strive for excellence in your life. Don't settle for second best. Strive. You know, when we put these posts up here. We didn't settle for some cheap two-by-fours. Praise the Lord, Steve. When I, when, when I, I praise the Lord for Steve and his, uh, I'm not a construction guy, and I wish I was, and they can, you know, anyway, I praise the Lord for that. Um, you know, I thought they were put, I told you, I thought these were going to be four-by-fours. No, these, these still listening, they're eight-by-eights, you know, and they're, they're huge, and we're, they, they are excellent, you know, I was telling, I was telling, uh, you know, Brother Noah, uh, 
You know, when these things go, I'll be in heaven. Praise be to God. I don't want to have to be a part, see those things rot again. I'm sure Caesar doesn't want to have to deal with replacing them again. Maybe, hopefully, the rapture will come before that. But those things that which are excellent, that should be like the call of this church that we are desiring as Baker River Bible Church, or as we as as a as a Bible church, that we are desiring things that are excellent. Excellent, not settling for second best. Man, when you get that ice cream, you want the whipped cream too. Make it excellent. You can tell I might be getting a lot of food references. Um, Anyway, that you may approve to examine this this word here. Prove things that you may be sincere and without offense. This this word these words are interesting. This word sincere isn't like I'm sincere about this. This word here has the idea that that it's been examined, examined in the light. It's been held it's been held the truth the God's word. It is pure. The action that I'm doing, the things that I'm taking in, the the entertainment that I'm taking in, the the the, the pleasures that I'm taking in, the joys that I'm taking in, have been examined and they are excellent. I'm not settling for second best. I'm not, I'm not lacing my things with the flesh and with the world and with the devil. They are pure. They are excellent. And that in this idea of sincere, once again, is to be examined with sunlight, to be completely transparent without any motives of the flesh. That we are actually, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans, that how we die to ourselves daily. That we strive for that excellence. And and as we've taken a big chunk of scripture here, tying this all in a little bit, this is where the confidence comes from, by the way. Because if you choose those things which are excellent, and you have sifted them through God's word by faith, is there any doubt? Is there any doubt? No. It says that he that doubteth what? Is damned. It's not a good thing to doubt. that our, our, We should be sincere in our walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that ye may approve those things that which are excellent, that ye may be sincere, sincere, transparent, not to be deceitful or to be deceiving our own selves because we in our flesh, that's the last thing we want to trust in. Don't trust in our own hearts. Our hearts are evil, what? And desperately wicked. No, man, know it. Don't trust in our own flesh. Don't just go with what feels good. You know, this progressive, um, our postmodernism has, you know, creeped into Christianity, I think, a little, you know, may possibly a little too much. You know, oh, we have it, you know, we, we got it under control and that kind of thing. But anyway, uh, to be deceitful or to be deceived and not to cause another to stumble. To, uh, to be sincere and without offense. There should be not a thing in your life, in my life, right now, what you're doing at home, what you do at work, how you treat your family, 
should be should be without offense to each and every one of us. That you should be without offense. And in, in meditating on that and saying that's very sobering, to put that to a practical sense, to not, and to not cause another to stumble. How we love God translates in our love for one another and how we know and judge in our day-to-day lives. You realize that? For how you are transparent and that how you are um, uh, uh, love and, and knowledge and in judgment affect those around you. They affect your spouse. They affect your children. And most importantly, they affect this church. They affect this church. And we need to realize that. We are not an island unto ourselves in our day-to-day living. Um, God takes sin. This is not a message about sin, but God takes sin and not honoring his words very seriously. God doesn't tolerate it, and he doesn't have it. So are, so are we sincere? Or offensive towards one another in our judgment towards the things of God. And so it is our desire that as we that as we are sincere, that as we judge things in the light and examine the light, that we will not be that we will be without offense. That it is our desire not that we are going to be perfect, and I tell the teens this, God calls us to be holy, but are we actually literally holy? No, but it's the idea of striving for it and attaining for it. As the Apostle Paul says, you know, um, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's this striving, it's this race, it's this running that we go to. Being a part of this whole confidence within us that hath begun and that's going to end to the, that will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then he concludes, then he can, then he, in this verse here, he stops with this verse, and here's this phrase again, and without offense until when? The day of Jesus Christ. The day of Jesus Christ until we are raptured, until we are made complete in him. That when we stand before the throne and cast our crowns before him, that we are literally without offense. And then our rewards are not burned up because of our own flesh and or whatever, but they are to, to his praise and his honor, and we cast him at his feet. And lastly, and in closing, being filled with the fruits of righteousness. As we, and in this prayer of, of, of his desire, and as we've looked at uh, the, the prayer and the heart and and being confident that all this that we would be filled with the fruit of righteousness meaning once again God's love would abound out of us and that truly that we can say and that we have the utter confidence being confidence of this very thing that he that which hath begun a good work in you 
and in me will perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. I would, in the days and weeks ahead, as Steve has said, be in prayer. I covet your prayers. I am not coming to you saying that I'm entitled to this whatsoever. This is all God, not me. Trust me on this. Um, and how and what happens, I, I don't know. I really don't. All I know is the desire that God has placed. But anyway, I know there will be more time for questions and answers. And if you have a question about this, please come directly to me. You know, I'll do my best to answer. If I don't know the answer, I'll pray about it and give you an answer. I promise you that. I will not shy away from those, but please pray. Um, uh, pray for me regarding this. There's been others in times past praying. I've asked for prayer for this. Even though you don't know, I've in youth group probably Noah remembers and some of your teens remember to ask prayer. I got this thing going on. Well, anyway, this is the thing. <laughs> All right. Um, and so uh, it was my heart's desire to let you know all at once. It was my heart's desire to let you know before we're all ready to do this before COVID. And, and I said, I, it's not right to do this looking at a camera. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, 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 tre- I treasure your prayers and I trust you well. And, and, uh, and all to God's glory. That's all I can say. All to God's glory. Let's pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we do so thank you for your word and how you guide and direct in each of our lives. I thank you, Lord, how you've uh, directed in my life. And I just thank you for how you've directed in each of our lives here and as we are uh, obedient to you in your calling in each of our lives as we walk by faith. Lord, I just pray for the congregation, for us as a whole, and the direction that you have for us. I just pray that you would give your wisdom. I seek your will, whatever your desire. We seek your desire, whatever the answer may be. And then what's beyond that, Lord, we just leave that to you in your direction. Lord, I just thank you for your word and that, that we can have that confidence Lord, that that you have that begun that good work in us, that you have not left us, that you have not forsaken us, that you are right here with us, leading and guiding and directing and working in hearts even now. Lord, I just pray that you just, through this all, Lord, that it just all be your honor and your glory, and I just leave it in your hands. When we ask these things in your name, we pray. Amen.